Good morning, I'm Joe Salzone. The Yankees come back to beat the Astros 6-5 in 10 innings. Brett Gardner hit a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. Glaber Torres ended it with an RBI single. The Yankees have five wins this year when trailing after the eighth inning, the most in baseball. The Mets lose to the Braves 7-6 on a walk-off home run. New York led by three runs in the eighth, but allowed three in the eighth and one in the ninth. And the Ringer reports that Philadelphia 76ers GM Brian Colangelo is running as many as five burner Twitter accounts, trashing players on his own team, his predecessor Sam Hinkie, and the GM who replaced him in Toronto, Masai Urigi. One target of the tweets was 76ers star Joel Embiid. Embiid. Whatever. Who told ESPN that Colangelo called him personally to deny the story. I'm Joe Salzone. The Daniel Baldwin Show starts now. Yeah. Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the <laughs> wow, I, I've had one of those mornings today, man. It's been fascinating. I want to punch Josh in the face right now. You want to punch Josh in the face? You suck at your job. Then come run the board. If you don't like My the way I run the... even on. Look how bad at your job. You are the worst... <laughs> Just come you have been an you operator, a board operator for 20 damn years, and you can't figure out any of these things. Powerful. Sorry. Powerful. I'm updating my burner account right now. <laughs> if I was you, I would tweet something racist about him right now. I'm going to. Right you now. should tweet on a burner account and tag Ed in it. I'm going to. Tag the Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> channel. <laughs> oh, I wish the Sixers else. would hire me. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, we're just going to come out the gate, huh? Is there I've a janitor had, job at, at whatever arena they're what in? What are now? either one of your takes on this? Uh, I'm, I'm in, a, in, in a whirlwind this morning over this Roseanne thing. and There's no defense of it. <clears throat> no, I'm not, by no means, please. No, I know, but give that's me, my get, take give on me, it. Get me, get me messaging now that I'm defending Roseanne. I'm not saying that. I'm they just can, saying that's they my take on it. They can stone her as far as I'm concerned. Um, but... but it does bring up a, a few really intriguing things that I can relate to topical stuff we've had on here. And this is further proof that your constitutional rights have nothing to do with what your job says you have to do or don't have to do. Because we, as as a nation, allow people to wear capes over their heads and say terrible things about African-Americans and hateful things and do hateful things and say terrible things about Jews and terrible, you know, and we protect them because they have the right in this country to do so. But you can't kneel anymore in the NFL to protest because uh, uh, your, your, your employer has said, so Roseanne wrote something which was absolutely horrific. I'm glad she got fired. I hope she never works another day of her life. But at the same time, according to that same constitution, she had every right to do that. And that's number one. So I'm not going to look at, at that part. What I'm more fascinated by is since we deemed what she did to be so horrific in the job place that she got fired, why don't we as a nation shut down the KKK? Why don't we shut down hateful you know, groups and, 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 and Aryans and so on? Why don't we shut all of them down? Because it's a slippery slope when you give the government that much power. Because then they're deciding what is 
what is acceptable yeah. and not acceptable. And you know Shut what they do is not acceptable, but you, can, you can't let the government that Shut, much power. Sh- sh- let's hire them all so we can we can tell them what to do instead. The government can't, but your 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 job can. It's crazy. But I, I'll tell you, one of the other really interesting why I'm in this kind of whirlwind right now is when something like this happens. Um, you know, and it's a it's a a shame that all the uh, people that work on the show, guys like John Goodman, who most assuredly would have been nominated for an Emmy for his performance in the reboot of this show, and probably would have won. He's just a fine actor. Um, but to to look at the, how sad that is, all the people who you know, I'm from the TV and movie business, so I will tell you that every one of those people that no longer has a job is not going to be able to just jump on some other job now. Most of those shows are geared up now. And so they're going to be all with children that go to college and feeding them and paying mortgages and so on. They're all going to be out of work. So that's that's an unfortunate byproduct of the situation. I get that. I get that. I feel bad for people who lose their jobs. But they also had to have known going into this that they latched themselves on to to Hurricane okay. Roseanne. Okay. So, so, and so, that so, something so, like this could happen. So you bring up a very interesting point. Wow, int- wow, you just lobbed it over like a, a Koopa Loop from Magic Johnson to me. So with that said, if I knew somebody that worked in here that was racist, does that mean that I should take, uh, I should make it known or that I should quit my job or, because you're saying, because so, you're assuming that all of them knew that she might be able to make a racist comment? No, just, you know, she could have done anything. She's that, a live wire, Yeah, for sure. she could have done anything that got them fired. Right, she, okay. It's not like you were on a sane train there that you were right. So if you knew you were going to, we're going to do the the, uh, the XYZ show next year, we're going to start this new thing, Ed has this great idea, mm-hmm. and you know that somebody that's on the show is controversial or racist, do you not take the show for fear of the fact that you might, like, they might blow up or something, or? Like I, I'm not, I'm not no. getting what you're saying. I, I, no, but I like you know if you get like, I don't think anyone predicted that she was this stupid. No, but I would have. She posed like like she poses a Nazi yeah, costume. Yeah, yeah, she's done some bad she, stuff till now. She, yeah. she did the national anthem like and, and grabbed her crotch. You're not, you know what you're getting when you sign up with her. She, you mean, hope that she's got it together, but if she doesn't, then you, you kind of can't be surprised. You don't know if it's going to be racism or some getting drunk, punching somebody. You knew what you were getting when you signed like, up to be on let the let like, Use Charlie Sheen as an example. Right. You know his history. <laughs> you sign up to do a show with him. He goes off the rails. There's a bunch of drugs. Show's gets arrested. Canceled. Show's right. canceled. That's yeah. So so uh, what is his dependability? What is yeah. His, this is a little different though. This is something where. Um, unfortunately, Charlie would have been fired and they replaced him with, what's his name? So, you know, that that that's how they handled that. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of those, this is the Roseanne show. So, and she said something, blanket statement about an entire race, and she should have been fired immediately. Hats off to the ABC executives that decided at great loss to them financially. Uh, and, and I'm sure they had to take a look at all the people they were going to displace and what this is going to mean legal ramifications wise. In conjunction with that ICM, um, also fired uh, Roseanne and decided they're no longer going to represent her, that they can't stand by her because of her views. Uh, Roseanne has come out now and tried to blame her Ambien use uh, as uh, the culprit behind not really knowing what she was writing, blah, blah, blah. You know, Roseanne's an afterthought. She, she's done. She's done, done, done. But, but w- one of the other things that I found fascinating is now I look at people that I know, people that I casually know on Twitter and stuff, because Twitter's on fire about it. And you get to see, uh, even in the workplace here, I've gotten a few things that have happened that 
I was quite amazed at some of people's views of it. Most were, um, 99% are on the side of the rail with me, which is, you know what, <laughs> the hell with her, get rid of her, she's nuts. And her views are not shared by anybody that I know well. But there was one person that I was dumbfounded who kind of shifted over to, well, you know, I mean, she has a point about a couple, and I'm not going to get into who it is or what it is, but I was, I was like, wow. So... You know, out of the woodwork comes a bit of a cleansing in your life from these types of things where... You can you, see people's true colors. Yeah, you really can. I, I posted really can. on Facebook last night that there was no argument she should have been fired for what she said. And it the comments on my Facebook page made me realize, I, I have a lot of idiot friends and I had to delete the post. It, it, it was just a... Now, why did you have to delete posts? Because you felt that... I'm uncomfortable with people posting that on something that has my name on it. Oh, I see. You know? So it's like... So you don't want to lend your name to... Yeah. So you, so you got racist posts? Were they outright Yeah, racist? you never want to start the conversation. That's the, that's the note that I always have, is you never want to put it out there because you know where the comments are going to go. You never want to start the conversation. So this is just one of those buttons where why even post about it? Because... See, it, it, well, you have the advantage of being a, um, a celebrity yourself in radio and here... In upstate New York, and um, I think you have an opportunity to take a stance with it too. You know, it depends if you don't want to face any heat. Um, you know, I, mem- I remember I made some kind of comment about Kevin Spacey when all that stuff came out, and I went right on record and opened Twitter and, and I quoted something from The Usual Suspects, um, one of the lines about Kaiser Sose being, you know, um, uh, and anyway, the the indication that I made boy was now we found out what you're really about, you mm-hmm. know. And I got people that wrote me back negative stuff and who are you and you're a drug addict and you were arrested before and blah blah blah. You know, you got to take the good with the bad. But there were a lot of people that backed me up and said, "Yeah, man, this is a predatorial situation. This was, you know, this guy's you know supposedly been involved with 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 underage men and you know boys and so on and so. And if that's true, good. I'm glad I got him. The uh the Ambien excuse doesn't fly with me either because when you're on Ambien, you say what you actually mean. In my, in my honest wow. truth, because uh, I have a, I told one of my ex girlfriends that I hated all of her friends on Ambien, and it was true, <laughs> but I don't Ambien. remember saying it's like it. booze. Yeah, it's like booze. Ambien, the truth drug. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah, it's sodium like, pentothal. I, I hate all of your friends. <laughs> and I woke up the next morning, just this red-faced woman, like just so furious. angry at me, and I was like, "What did I say? You said you hate all my friends." Well, I kind of do. do. <laughs> wow. Thank goodness for that Ambien. Give me the guts to finally stand up to her. I mean, listen, it, it, social media can can end careers for a lot less now. So, so take this a step further. So, um, because I, I, you know, and I realize this is not sports related, nor do I really care. But, um, so Paulie or Josh, you're you, you, so you react to someone's post. Something comes out on your social media. Like, mm-hmm. let's take Paulie for example, because it just happened. And so he makes a comment about this. And then he, you start to see, like I'm saying, friends or, or you know, pseudo friends, whatever they are, some of them at whatever level they, they fall under categorically in, in your social media uh, friend group. You learn, oh, holy smokes, you know, this person's yeah. like either kind of or, or is racist. Or, do you eliminate? Does that help you to know or are you turning your back to that? I just delete it and hope they don't talk to me anymore. You know, like it's... Uh, you got to move on, and the and every it, the country's gotten to a point now where everything's a side. Like you yeah. know, you know, it's like do you know what I'm saying? Like the left and the right. Like now, Rose somehow Roseanne became like a darling of the right because her character liked Trump. Right. 
And now it's turned into, but our racists are treated more harshly than your racists. That's not an argument to make. Every It's got to be stopped on both sides. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, why aren't you doing this to Keith Oberman? Why are you doing this, Roseanne? Just everybody stop. It's gotten ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's uh, um, there are dangerous clouds hovering over us right now. I also enjoy um, people that have had, you know, little political or geopolitical, you know, statements in their career suddenly all jumping out celebrity wise. You know, I, uh, the most dreaded thing I can see on Twitter is a comment about the situation with somebody with that blue check mark next to their name, like they're an authority on it. You know, and 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 now all these opinions about you know why and this and that and blah, uh, you know it's. It's sad, but I will tell you that I've been amazed. I've been amazed at, at, at some of the um, the unveilings of racism that have come out apparent. Yeah, in my it's life. weird, and it's 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 kind of sad when there's somebody that you like know, and you go, "Oh, you have these kind of outdated thoughts and these really hurtful, sad thoughts about people." Like, what? It, it's a bummer. Are you? You don't use Twitter in a way that Josh and I do, or or social media. Yours is usually just I woke up. Uh, I, I, I uh, tweet to two of the three same things every day, um, almost every day. I write I'm up, good morning everyone, and then I write something about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Or or if it's not that, I write something a positive affirmation or something for people to feel positive and start the day with. Today I wrote go big or stay home. You know what I mean like. You know, I, I like to do positive affirmation. I'm, I'm more of a Tony Robbins kind of a guy. Josh and I have been friends for over a decade now, and <coughs> we, we don't talk a lot. Like, we're, mm-hmm. we're typical guys. But most of our conversations now are proofreading each other's Twitters or our Facebook posts before we post them now because we're scared to post anything on our... You're going to get fired because of social media, and yeah. it's, it's terrifying. Well, so, so, so again... Uh, um, let's go to break and let's come back because I'm going to pose a question to you guys um, about this. Uh, do, do we have our, our first guest coming? Yeah, in? why don't we hit, hit your question now? And we'll take the and then we'll hit us with the okay. question now and then we'll. Well, take here's the break. thing. So, so let's 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 set an example of it. So we go to break right now, and I use the N word mm-hmm. in in a, in a derogatory way to describe another person we work with or an athlete or someone. It, it becomes quite apparent that I am a racist, unbeknownst to you. Does that affect whether you come in the studio and work with me tomorrow? Yeah, not? for me, it yes, it, it does. Was, it would, yeah. wouldn't it? Yes, I would. I would distance myself from you. Would you only because would, would I you only, come back on and do the show? Could no. you work with me knowing no. I was a racist? Only because not on a professional level, but on a on a friendship level, I would I would feel like right. I don't feel well, comfortable. That's, okay, that's that's what I want to know because there's somebody who I've worked with before, um, um, and this has come to me. It doesn't matter what's come to me, but there's other projects for me to do with this person. Um, and, and this instance has brought something out. This instance has brought something out where it was really racist. And I, and I said to this person, um, I was on the phone with them, and I said, um, you do realize what you just said, right? And, and so um, they repeated what they said. I think I can even say what they said. Uh, no, I'm not going to say we, it directly. All right. we, we've no? got a grasp. They said something. <laughs> okay. They said okay. something. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. said something. Let's just keep right. going. <laughs> they agreed with something Roseanne said. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? That's yeah. what they did. They agreed with something Roseanne said. And I, it took me a second, like I was waiting that it was a really tasteless joke. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, something at the end of it, and then there wasn't. And I said, so you agree with that, that with what she said about blah, blah, blah. And, and yeah, yeah, 
I do. She blah 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 blah. Repeated the quote, and I thought, and I and I I hung up the phone after getting off the phone with this person. I had no idea, you know, at what level is it just ignorance, or they were raised that way, or whatever. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, I have not been the same all morning. I did my morning show with Lisa and Gomez, and I can't get out. I feel like I don't know. I can even work with this person anymore. Like it's. I feel. I feel dirty from it. I'm glad you agree with me. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because to know someone's like a, a a a huge, like and believes that some of the stuff that Roseanne said is accurate was mind boggling to me, and I had no idea. I didn't see it coming. No, I I see his point. No, I I, I would not work with somebody if I knew that. And I think that some people too on the Roseanne show were saying that behind the scenes, some of that was kind of bubbling. Now, don't quote me on that, but I read some articles where like you know she would say things to get rise out of people. For me, I'd be like, whoa, yeah. this is not going to end well. Yeah, when you put that out on Twitter, though, in writing, you really letting people know how yeah. you feel. And I'm glad we, she's revealed herself. Now we know she's history. Uh, let's go to break, and we'll come back with, uh, we got a guest. Yeah, the, uh, Dr. Ka- I'm saying his name right, Kopko, Kopka, Kopko from Syracuse Orthopedic Specialist. We're going to talk backs and hips and all the pains. I have the 15 most famous people with hip replacement surgeries. Wow. Coming Your up boss. next. Your boss. <laughs> Look at that list. <laughs> <laughs> We make any day a happy day. You seem happy this morning. As long as you're seriously sedated while listening. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Mets and Braves wrapping up four-game set in Atlanta tonight. A couple aces on the mound. Noah Syndergaard for New York. Julio Teheran for Atlanta. Coverage starts at 6.55. First pitch at 7.35 on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Joining us in studio from Syracuse Orthopedic Specialist, correct? Yes. Dr. Kevin Kopko. Thank you for joining us, sir. Is that Thank over you. in uh, DeWitt? Uh, yeah, so we're in DeWitt. We're actually all over. We've got about pa- five offices. I pass so it when I go to Moe's. That's how I know where it is. Yeah, he's going to get a meal, Kevin, and uh, right. you're performing it's any right good. near Moe's. I know. <laughs> he's limping up to Moe's, mm-hmm. trying to avoid going to see. So Dr. I see Kopka. at least three times a week when I drive by. Right. You love Moe's. I do. So, Doc, much more commonplace. Uh, you know, you guys really have this surgery down. You yourself are a hip specialist. Yeah. Ironically, hip. sorry. Yep. Hip and knee replacements. Hip and knee. Both. So uh, my brother Alec just had his first one done. I heard. uh, And he's on his way uh, September for number two. Um, Take us through the surgery. Take us through, you know, a couple interesting things that came up earlier for us. uh, And and it was uh, uh, quite compelling to be corrected by you when I said, you know, they say that a hip now is better than your original hip. Mm -hmm. And your response was quite compelling. Yeah, you know, it's not better than your original hip. The best thing is to keep your own parts. The problem is if your parts are wearing out, a replacement's a better option. Mm-hmm. You know, it restores a normal anatomic motion. You Usually patients that need a hip replacement, um, you know, they have significantly limited motion. They can't uh, rotate their hip. They can't stand up straight because they get some flexion contractures. And a hip replacement's a great option, but it's not as good as, you know, the hip you're born with when you're born with it. Um, so most patients with a hip replacement can be up and walking a couple hours after surgery. Um, we're sending patients home the same day now if they're medically appropriate for it. So it's a great surgery, um, but at the same time, it's not better than, than avoiding surgery if you can avoid it. Now, I found it very interesting in the conversation in studio just before we came on with you. You can knock six of these bad boys back in a day. 
Yeah, I mean, if you have the right system and you have good support, which we have at the, the local hospitals, um, you know, you have the right assistance, you have teams that are trained in it. Um, some of my partners are doing double that in a day um, wow. just because you've got to have you've got to have a system down it. And between Krause Hospital and St. Joe's Hospital and Community Hospital where we're operating, um, we've got great support staff that let us do our job well. Um, and it lets us provide a higher quality of care than, than some other people can. So we're bone on bone in the hip. Mm-hmm. As, as, you know, I'm going to use more layman's terms. Yeah. Uh, we're in a lot of pain. Uh, and the quality of our life you know, now is substantially suffering. So, so we're at a point where this becomes, obviously, yeah. after your assessment, when you do all those different things that you check for, um, which would be what? What are the what are the signs that you're a candidate? You know, for hip replacement, really, you know, the story that I typically hear is I've got difficulty putting on my shoes and socks. I can't bend over anymore. I have pain that's more toward the groin. You know, people describe the hip as the side of the buttock, the posterior lateral, or the outside. But really, groin pain is what goes for me as hip. Um, and if you can't bring your foot out to the side when you're sitting down, usually I can make somebody want to jump out of the chair without really trying. And that's pretty much, without looking at an x-ray, enough for me to know that they probably need it. Um, X-rays will confirm the diagnosis, and then we can get them lined up for the preoperative process to make sure they're educated for what they need to go through. In studio, Dr. Kevin Kopko of Syracuse Orthopedic Specialists. What's what's the average age of somebody that needs to get a hip replacement? You know, it really varies because it depends on what you did in your life. So, I mean, I see a lot of patients now that are in their their, uh, 50s and 60s, but I've got patients as old as 75, 85, I think the oldest one that I've seen was a 96-year-old that fractured their hip that I did a hip replacement for. And what about guys like, I'm in my mid-40s now, Like, is there something we can do to prevent needing to come see you? I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, weight plays into it and your activity level, but I think a lot of it's probably predetermined. You know, people have old injuries, they can't really, you know, you can't recover from that. There's nothing that you can stop arthritis at this point in time. Um, quite frankly, if we had a treatment for arthritis that was non-surgical, I'd be out of a job. Um, but the the bottom line is that, you know, the ba- basic things I want patients to do is be healthy and be active. Arthritis is a move it or lose it situation. If you're mobile and active, you're going to maintain your joint range of motion. It actually lubricates the joint better, maintains the joint health, and it makes it easier if you get arthritis down the line for us to do a joint replacement. If you're pain, painful and, and mobile, I can fix it easily. If you're painless and stiff, it's a lot harder for you to recover. It's a lot harder for me to do the surgery. My mom has fibromyalgia, and she had both of her knees done very recently, and she says it's great because she could barely walk at all, mm-hmm. and uh, now she's got magic knees, essentially. She can walk around, and it feels completely fine. Yeah, it's you know it's amazing to see patients a day after surgery. It's just like literally you get them up after surgery, and it's like a different life for them. Mm-hmm. It's a huge quality of life improvement. It's a big surgery. There's some risk involved, um, you know, but by and large, the average patient has one surgery in their lifetime per joint if they need multiple, obviously. And uh, they do remarkably well. Okay, so I want to I want to just go uh, and see if I can paint this picture for the audience. So I've taken my right elbow and I put it down on the table, and my arm is straight up pointing to the ceiling, and I've made a fist. Okay. Now I'm going to take my left hand. I'm going to cup it mm-hmm. over, and that's the hip. That's the Correct. socket. Yeah. Okay. So take me through the surgery. What do you actually do? So the the shaft of the femur is the the vertical bone of the thigh. It's got about a 30 to 45 degree angle toward the pelvis uh, medially. That's the neck of the femur. And then the the ball of the femur, the head, sits uh, on top of that, and it sits in the pelvis, which is the socket or the acetabulum. Um, The the main parts of the procedure are are cutting the femoral neck, that angled part. 
Um, we remove the femoral head, and then we reshape the acetabulum with a hemisphere um, socket, put in a metal socket. Plastic liner goes in the socket, so that's changeable in the future if it wears out. And then we put a metal stem that's usually made of titanium down inside the femur and a, a ceramic or metal head on top of that. So the bearing surface is usually ceramic on plastic which has a very good life expectancy as far as wear goes. So you cut off, to, to put it in layman's terms, that arm that's standing up. Mm-hmm. You take the ball, the whole ball, whole ball off, goes off, and a little piece of the... The neck, yeah. And then you put a rod in Correct. and then attach something to the rod that has a new head. Yeah. And then you line the inside of the cup or my other hand, that, yep. that's the, and you fit that in there. Correct. Now, how does, um, how does someone's height and all that? I mean, how do you... So the goal is to not change the height. You right. know, ideally, what we want to do is restore the normal anatomy. It's bad news surgery. for you, Paulie. You can't make it. I was going to see if right. they could extend me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I, I mean, I've done it, but it's not what you want to do. You know, yeah. Patients coming with deformity, you can you can actually add height, but it's not the goal. Um, you know, the, My goal. the more you're trying to to restore height, the more the complication risk goes up. So, as far as restoring height, you know, people who've had fractures, who've had hip dysplasia, um, who have um, other problems, you can you can augment their height or restore some leg length. But the goal is usually to correct the five or six millimeters, maybe a centimeter, that they're short from wearing out their cartilage that's no longer there. Oh, interesting. Interesting. So you would have to get injections for girth and length. We can just put down a stretching machine. Along with height. Stretch you out. Dr. Kevin Kopko from Syracuse Orthopedic Specialist, the website SOSBones.com, correct? correct? And you can get the information there. And and if you're feeling any pains and any of those aches and Maybe not so many Tylenols and ibuprofens. Come see someone like Dr. Kopko. And yeah, we have a contact us link. You can schedule appointments and ask questions right yeah. on the website. Thank you so much. Beautiful. Thanks, Thank Kevin. Kevin, we appreciate it. We'll come back. It's ESPN. Thank Find us on the web at ESPNSyracuse.com. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Wow. Wow. Let's come up with a a killer... uh... I want to hear your opinion on this so you can text in. We can get Mike Waters' opinion, too. Yeah, we'll get Mike Waters' opinion for sure. Is he on the line? Yeah. All right. Was Mike there? Yeah. Big Mike. Mike. Hello, gentlemen. What's happening, man? Mike Waters from uh, Syracuse.com has joined us. We'll talk basketball eventually on this show, but Daniel just had an idea that Josh and I now want to do. Here's my fundraiser idea, Mike. Tell me what you think. So we'll do a Baldwin Brother Marathon. We'll pick whatever movie. We'll let people, you know, text in, call in, whatever. And they pick one movie from each, and then we have all four of the idiots show up. Yeah. And then after each <laughs> after each movie, we do uh, like a and a for like 15, 20, whatever it is, and have a little jam session. You can drink, full, full contact, just do it all. And do a Baldwin Brother in, movie marathon. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I love it. I'm there. I'm there. You're in there. And you, you need to have a fan vote to pick each movie for each yeah. brother yeah that's what i mean they they get to pick which one they're gonna watch i can already hear the questions for daniel like 
Were you the janitor in the third scene? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 back, he's, back, he's back to the you making know, to, to he, he comments about my career. He doesn't even have his own SAG card. Wow. Wow. You know my brother was nice to him for five seconds. And he's just sucking <laughs> up to the big cheese. The ego is cheese. just giant sucking on him now. Sucking up to the big boy. I see how it is. Ask him who has two 100s on Rotten Tomatoes, by the Ooh. way. Uh, um, um, um. Um, so, big decision being made, Mike, today. Uh, you know, I have been the minority here um, in, in my conversations with a couple of pretty high-end agents um, that I've known over the years for, for big, big basketball players. And what I got from both was the assessment for Tyus, you know, you don't know what their financial situation is you don't know what their needs are but it came down to this and and this made sense to me if he was to stay another year at syracuse university would that bring him more money than what he stands to lose if he goes somewhere in the second round and goes to the g league and the answer that i got was he probably fares better if he plays one more year uh, because he's he's going to go in the first round if he gets another year and i think syracuse is going to be preseason ranked at least you know at, at the highest they'll be 12 13 and they 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 could go deep into the tournament with the team with the shooters they have coming in and another season for him and Brissett playing together um so the opinion i got was he probably fares better to stay with that said we don't have any guarantee about what that could do to him injury wise and so on and so forth what's your opinion on this i think i'm i'm very closely aligned with you maybe not exactly the possibility for Tyus improving his stock by returning to Syracuse, playing another year, uh, doing some of the things the NBA scouts would like to see him improve upon, like maybe his ball handling, passing the ball, uh, facilitating for teammates, improving his shooting percentage would be high. Um, I, I think he could do that and benefit from another year. How high? How much higher, though? That, you really don't know. It's really hard to say because – there's always going to be a new freshman class. Those kids are going to fill out the lottery every year. They always do uh, because the NBA teams are drafting on potential uh, 80% of the time now. So they want to see kids with a, a high ceiling. Uh, they're not worried about the floor anymore. I do think Tyus could work his way into the first round maybe of next year. It might be the very, you know, latter part of the first round, but I think that's really where he thought he might be this year when he put his name into the draft. And as we've gotten closer and closer to this deadline, he's not in the latter part of the first round in almost any mock draft. And ESPN just updated theirs today. And their most recent one had him at number 32, which was like two picks into the second round. And now they've dropped him to 40. And I've seen other mock drafts that have him at 36 and 55. And and one in particular doesn't have him getting drafted at all. And, I I've discussed this with some other friends and colleagues of mine. I just don't like the idea of going into a draft when you seem to be going on a down tick, on a downturn. I'd rather hit the draft with an upward upward uh, arrow there, and you know we'll see what he does. Uh, we we'll know today, but uh, and I know he's gone at this full bore, and it's got to be really hard when you've gone at this with such tremendous focus uh, and the intent of going into the draft to all of a sudden at the last minute maybe change your plans. Well, I mean, I think that all along with because he didn't uh, take on an agent, he wanted to leave this other door cracked open for himself should he decide that 
this wasn't going to be. So he's, he's truly doing a test of the waters. Um, yeah. You know, what, what I got from NBA sources uh, that hurt him the most was his scrimmaging. He did not uh, play well in scrimmages. I, I, yeah, I saw that at the Combine. Uh, you know, that one you can actually see and get automatic feedback from. The, 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 the individual workouts he's had with the teams, I think he's had five of those now. The most recent one was yesterday with the Los Angeles Lakers. At most, you go three-on-three three in those, um, you know, which isn't NBA basketball. You get to see a kid move around and maybe shooting and stuff, but the five-on-five five at the combine, you're right, especially the first day, he didn't shoot it really well. I heard he looked at towards, but I think really for some kids, the combine's not fair. You're getting thrown out there with, with guys you've never played with before. It can be dominated by a point guard. If your point guard's getting outplayed by the other team's point guard, then it can make the rest of the group look really bad. Um, you know, I, when I was younger, I played some basketball, and it's like, man, when I played with guys I knew, I was so much better. You know, it's like you, know, you play with like other guys. In a, you know, so I'm just thinking it's at a really low level of basketball, it can make a difference. And I think it can certainly make a difference at, at the NBA, you know, college level, going to a combine and playing with guys you don't know. It's sort of set up for guys. Uh, that are extremely athletic and go for theirs, and, it, and it's set up for point guards. So we'll see. I just don't like the uh, – basically ever since he put his name in the draft, his name has been going down in every mock draft. Mm-hmm. So somebody out there is learning stuff about him they don't really like. You know, they're taking a closer look at his ball handling. They're taking a closer look at his shooting. He does have that hitch at the top of his shot. Now, if he comes back to Syracuse next year and has more offensive help around him and he takes his three-point shooting percentage from 32 up to, like, 39 or 38, who cares if you have a hitch in your shot? It goes in at a high enough rate. But when you're shooting in the low 30s from three-point range, people start to pick you apart. We're talking with Mike Waters, Syracuse.com. So... I, I hear what you were saying, but but I'm going to liken it to this. So you walk into the park, and you're you're a you're a gym rat, you know. And and, and and there's two teams on the court, and one other guy. There's Squiggy. He's waiting for winners, and so you get to join Squiggy. But you know you're going to have to pick up three guys from the losing team. I'm picking up the guy who scored the most points. I'm picking up the tallest guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I don't care what you say about that in the combine, whether or not the guy's got a hitch and a shot with that. At at the end of the day. These are guys, kids playing against kids, that are going to be picked to decide who's going to play against the greatest players in the world. So if you can't shoot but one for six and one for five in two scrimmage games against other combine players, that's a problem when you're going to walk out on the court and get covered by James Worthy. You know what I mean? Or somebody, you know what I mean? So, so I, I, I agree with I, you. I, I beg You're to absolutely di- I beg, right. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing, too. My, my, um, my anger over what happened with the Rockets was, hey, you're paid it at home, game seven, second half, to decide who goes to the show to knock down that jumper 44% of the time if you're an NBA player. And when you shoot one for 17 in the second half, or whatever the hell they did, Where's the and you lose that game, 
You deserve to lose. That's what. That's why they pay you. And these were wide open looks for Houston too. They choked. So I don't know if the pressure got to him, whatever. Because I think Tyus is an NBA player down the road. I just think he probably does better. And people haven't really talked. And this is an interesting thing to get from you because you're far more learned and, and 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 knowledgeable in this than me. What does it do for him to play another year for one of the greatest college coaches in history? It can't hurt. Um, I re- I don't think it can. I, I'm not. Uh, you know, some people will say, "Oh, you know, you just spend another year in college, and you have even less potential. You know, the potential. You're older. Pick you apart. Your your stat your stat draft draft stock can drop." That's happened in a few anecdotal situations where a kid school. But you know what that usually means? It, it means that the year before they they hadn't even begun to scout you, or maybe you didn't enter. And people were saying you were going to go in the first round, where if you had actually gone through the process, you probably weren't going to be first round. Uh, you know, C.J. Fair comes to mind. Everyone wants to point to C.J. Fair when I get in discussions with, with people about whether kids should go pro or not. And they're like, look, C.J. should have gone pro after his junior year. He would have been a first rounder. He came back. And even though he had a good year, but he, you know, he didn't have the potential anymore, uh, and teams didn't draft him. I'm like, if C.J. Fair had entered the draft at the end of his junior year, they would have figured out exactly what he is, and he would not have been a first-rounder. You know, people kind of do a revisionist history of what would have happened there. I don't think it hurts Tyus Battle to come back. I think it does help a player to be on a good team, a winning team. Uh, you look at uh, what's happening with some of the Villanova players, Dante DiVincenzo, MVP of the Final Four, and he, and, he, and he played great at the Combine. So he did help himself in Chicago. But Dante DiVincenzo is going from six-man at Villanova to first-rounder in this year's draft. So I don't think it has to hurt Tyson. And if he can work on the things that, that must be out there that some NBA teams aren't liking because his stock does seem to be dropping, not precipitously, but enough. If he can work on those, if the shot does get better, um, if the – if his assists go up and his turnovers go down, just because he's going to be playing with an older, you know, more experienced O'Shea Brissett and maybe a stronger Marek Dolajai and Alonzo Hughes and Jalen Carey, who are good offensive players. I mean, last year's team had about, at the beginning of the season, they had two and a half guys who could score, and one of them was Ty's battle. And at the end of the season, they had three guys who could score, and one was Tyus Battle. So who the hell was he passing it to to get assists? I, so I think we can see a more all-around player on a better team. All right, before we let you go, Mike, uh, one last thing. What's the process today? Does he have to even make a public announcement? Or, you know, is he? what times he got to make the decision by and uh, whatnot? He doesn't have to announce anything. Now most guys will because they like to kind of control the situation and, and, and know that, you know, okay, as soon as we figure out that he's either staying in or, or staying in the draft or returning to Syracuse, we're all going to be calling him uh, and, and looking for a comment. But he doesn't have to announce. He can just kind of leave his name in quietly. And the NCAA, I mean, uh, the NBA, will uh, tonight or tomorrow morning, they'll release the list of all the guys who are in the draft. And we'll see Tyus Battle's name either on the list or, or not on the list. Uh, the, the one big confusion with today, and I've already had a few people on Twitter ask me this, the deadline is tonight at 11.59 p.m. There's some confusion because the NBA deadline for either staying in the draft or, or removing yourself in the draft is not today. It's actually June 11th. Today's deadline is the NCAA deadline. 
the NBA's deadline is, is June 11th, and, and that's at 5 o'clock on June 11th. So the deadline's not 5 o'clock today. It's 11.59 p.m. So I expect we hear sometime this afternoon. I mean, obviously, Tyus was out on the West Coast yesterday working with the Lakers. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll either hear from him or SU or somebody on Twitter or maybe, uh, you know, somebody. All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks for Thanks, your time. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day, fellas. See you, man. And, I, and I'm waiting for that, that movie marathon. All right, man. Perfect. <laughs> Can't wait. Great moments happen here. 48 minutes, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists, adding to LeBron James's legend. And for the fourth consecutive year, the Cleveland Cavaliers have won the Eastern Conference. They head to the NBA Finals. And for LeBron James, it is eight straight NBA Finals. Bringing you the sports everyone else is just talking about. ESPN Radio Syracuse. Summer's biggest downtown festival is coming this Friday and Saturday. It's the Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse, presented by Tops Friendly Markets from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. in and around Clinton Square. Stroll block after block and taste the best of Central New York. Enjoy dozens of $1 samples or full menu items from fantastic restaurants. Then take the kids to the five-star urgent care family fun zone for lots of great activities. When you're full, enjoy live music all day on three stages, including the Express Smart Main Stage featuring multi-platinum recording artist Smash Mouth on Saturday night. Check out the Kinney Drugs Erie Boulevard stage and Messes Fireworks Clinton Square stage for live music all weekend long. Don't miss the best festival of the summer. It's the Summit Federal Credit Union Taste of Syracuse presented by Tops Friendly Markets this Friday and Saturday. Admission is always free. Get more details at tasteofsyracuse.com. It's all brought to you in part by Skippy's Ice Cream at Del Lago Resort and Casino. Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. All right. Got two we're minutes. Back. We're back. We got two minutes. Let me lay out the scenario. Uh, what happened? Will you turn the stupid music down for God's sake? You are a terrible board up today. Um, oh, so here, here's what we got. So, as you know, Punta Stella. The uh, basketball, the three-on-three basketball uh, turnaround jumpers charity basketball tournament on June 9th at the Carrier Dome. We had a tryout for the team. Uh, it was some controversy over who was going to make it, so on and so on. We had Eric Deendor, legendary player for Syracuse University and the conditioning and strength coach currently of the basketball team. Eric was going to play. So we're building our team around Eric. After Coach Gomez made his selections, which were myself, Max Brigandi, and Brent actually talked his way onto the team. Uh, Diedendorf has coughed a little bit here and said he's not sure if compliance for the team is going to allow him to play. He needs to check. So we need to brace ourselves. So as general manager of this team, I made a corporate decision and extended a one-day player's contract to Cody and Karak Josh to play on the team. Brigandi is gone. We think that there could be alcohol and drug issues. We're not sure. <laughs> So sure. you cut Brigandi too? No, Brigandi said I can't make it. Oh. He goes, oh, I can't. I'm working that day. What you work here? What, what, what job? He, so he's got some other job. Yes. He's making excuses now. He's got to get paid somewhere. Right. He doesn't want to have to get UA. Yeah. That's my that's my suspicion about. It. I, I can't <laughs> confirm that, but I think that he's afraid of a drug test. Is what I'm afraid of. I think he's afraid of. That's 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 just my guess. I go on record as saying it was a guess. Brigandi's lawsuit coming up. Soon. <laughs> um, so. So the Brigandi's out. Now, when you get a message like that from Eric, 
it sounds to me like he's already trying to nicely position himself to say, this has just been my experience. So I'm going to stick by my decision as general manager. Um, I have signed Cody, Pitbull Cody, mm-hmm. to a one-day Scrappy. contract. He's down I, low. He's spud I, web. I, I, I handed a player's contract, a one-day contract to Josh. And I have to say, I think he needed to consult with his legal counsel because he did not sign but said he would be making an on-air Daniel Baldwin ESPN show announcement if today. he says yes to playing on this team, he's a he's a he's a well, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out. You can't say yes after you've been cut and they come groveling find, back to you. No, and, and so I remind you of Michael Cooper and other players that did not make the original squad and ended up being NBA All Stars. Well, so that ain't what happening. Do you know? So here's what the I'd like to shh, say. Shh, shh, quiet, everyone, quiet, please. I hear the media is riled up in the background. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to the staff and oh. management of <laughs> we had two Punta Stella. I want to thank them for the consideration. It's a, it's a high honor. It's a, it's a real feather in your cap. Just spit it out. <laughs> it's like I've consulted with my family. I've consulted with my doctors. I've consulted with my legal representation. And I'm here to announce that I, K Rock Josh, yeah, do it on Twitter, on Instagram, on social media. <laughs> I've taken deep consideration, and I will not be playing for. Punta oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, I will shocking. not be playing for Punta Stella. Yes. I have. Shocking. I am heartbroken as I do love Daniel Baldwin, but it's I shocking. cannot. I cannot he, sign to Punta he, Stella right now. The hot girl said no to the prom. I will uh, die on the court. I know how I felt when I played that you day. You have to rotate in for a couple of like a couple minutes and a half contract. I'll put it in your deal. <laughs> No. Can somebody carry me around the you court, You ask the hot girl, Eric Diemendorf, I'm to the prom. I'm heartbroken. It's a tough decision. It's a tough decision. What's a setback? It's a setback. It's I a don't setback. want this to affect our it's, working relationship. It's a setback. I don't. He's not going to go to sell zone. <laughs> yes, I liked it. I'm not even on the list. No. Get out of here. Wow. We're going to have to take you out of retirement. I'm not playing. What do you mean? You guys playing? didn't pick me. I'm not your sa- I'm not second best to you. That's every girl in your life. You're damn right. At least they put out. <laughs> no. All right.